Welcome to Education Currents, a show designed to provide educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children. And by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education today. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with George Barna, and anybody who's done any kind of research, needing any type of statistics dealing with Christianity has probably heard of the Barna Group. George Barna has filled many executive roles in politics, marketing, advertising, media development, research, and ministry. And he founded the Barna Research Group in 1984 and helped it become a leading marketing research firm focusing on the intersection of faith and culture. And you sold it in 2009, fortunately, after I'd finished my <laughs> my research. He is currently the executive director of the American Culture and Faith Institute, and this is a division of United in Purpose, and is the president of Meta Formation, a faith development organization. He has written more than 50 books, mostly addressing cultural trends, leadership, spiritual development, and church dynamics. This includes the New York Best Time Seller and several award-winning books. And are we talking about a book today? Uh, no, we're actually talking about a research study that we're releasing today. Okay, so we're talking about a research study on worldview. Right. So to set the stage, and, and welcome again. Thank you. Do you want to be called... Um, George is good. George is good, okay. And it feels Rose good enough good. for my mother, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so we're talking, this, this research, just set the stage. First of all, how many types of worldviews are there? Well, there are many types. I mean, there's more than a dozen that are widely recognized. The one that we were most interested in studying had to do with a biblical worldview, which when you talk about worldviews, sometimes people get confused. They think it's one of those $10 words. Yes, it has nothing yes. to do with them. The reality is it's a fancy word that simply means the filter that every one of us has that helps us to understand and interpret and respond to the world. Everybody has a worldview. Yes. We don't all have the same worldview. And so what we were trying to figure out is what percentage of American adults have a biblical worldview, which means that as you're trying to understand and interpret and respond to the world, you're looking at everything through a biblical lens. You understand core biblical principles and precepts, and you've decided that those are true and they're good, and so you want your life to reflect those. So as you think about the world and then as you interact with the world, whether it's relationships or decisions that you're making from moment to moment, you're going back to the Bible and trying to figure out what does the Bible have to say about this situation, about this opportunity, about this challenge. That's how I want to respond so that I'm in concert with God's Word. Yes, and uh, would you say that our founding fathers for the most part, had a biblical worldview. Well, it, it certainly appears that way. You know, a lot of people say, well, there's been no research in the past. You know, yes. back in the 1700s, <laughs> 1800s, early 1900s, we didn't have these methods mm -hmm. by which we could, we could evaluate this. To which you could respond and say, well, yeah, but the way that you actually know a person's worldview is by how they live. 
because we do what we believe. And so yes. if you want to know what somebody believes, look at how they behave. That demonstrates to you what mm-hmm. they really believe. So if we go back to the founding fathers, people can say, well, there was no Gallup organization. There was no Barna Reed. <laughs> it didn't exist back then. Well, that's true. But look at the documents that they left us. Look mm-hmm. at the uh, other uh, documentation of their lifestyles. And that tells us an awful lot about what they believed. And it appears from all of that that these were people who took the Bible incredibly seriously. And they did try to incorporate it into who they were, how they lived, and what they brought to the world as they tried to develop the world. Yes. Yeah, I've seen studies where they've, you know, totally correlated everything from biblical principle to the Constitution. But that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) So you said it's going to be debuted today we're releasing this study today uh been spending the last month and a half doing all the research we did three simultaneous national studies one with the general public one with theologically conservative pastors of protestant churches and one with a group that we call sage cons and that's an acronym for spiritually active governance engaged conservatives who are christians And we were looking at these three different populations to understand what percentage of them, based on the indicators we were using in the research, appear to have a biblical worldview. And I have to put the caveat out there, only God really knows. You know, this is one of those things like salvation. You know, he knows, I don't. When we do research and we say, oh, they're born again, they're not born again, we're not trying to judge. We're just trying to estimate what's going on with the total population so that those in leadership can behave more strategically and intentionally. We're not trying to judge anybody. And it's the same way with the worldview study. We had 40 different questions on beliefs and behavior that we asked all these people across the country and then put it all together and tried to assess what does this mean. Now, was it, were you, what was the purpose of having the three groups? Well, we work with different groups across the country. So we wanted to have the general population, all adults, 18 and older, We wanted to have a good estimate of what's going on there because that's going to serve as a benchmark. Every February in the future, we plan to do the same survey with that same general public population to figure out, is it changing at all? Has it grown? Has it shrunk? How is it changing? Those kinds of things. And the reason we do that is because we work closely with those other two groups, theologically conservative pastors across Mm -hmm. the country. That's roughly 100,000 churches in America. And we tend to work with those pastors to try to inform them about what's going on because they're such a key part of helping people to to learn how to think, frankly, Mm -hmm. you know, especially how to think biblically. That's what we want people to do. And churches are one of the primary places where they can get some of that kind of training if they choose. And then the third group, the sage cons, the spiritually active governance engaged Christians, these are people who are devoted to Christ. They're constantly trying to become better disciples of Christ. And they know that they have a responsibility to American culture, to the world really at large. And so they're trying to figure out how can they take what God has given to them in terms of knowledge and resources and opportunities and convert that into something that will advance 
a kingdom agenda rather than a personal agenda. So those are the three groups we measured because we wanted them to know how they're doing as well. And uh, so we've got these three different worldview measures. Now, are we allowed, or is it like a, a, a secret and we can't, we have to leave this show on a cliffhanging type of thing? <laughs> It, with the numbers? Absolutely yeah. not. No, I'm here to talk about those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you know with books we often leave it oh, on a yeah. cliffhanging. You don't want to know who did it. <laughs> I'm here want... to tell you who did it. <laughs> and who didn't do it. That's even more important. Yeah. No, I mean essentially what we found is only 10% of adults in America have a biblical worldview. And that if you break that down wow. into, say, generations, mm-hmm. what we find is that the youngest generation, this group that's known as the millennials, yes. only 4% of mm-hmm. them have a biblical worldview. The generation prior to them, 7%. Mm-hmm. The baby boomers, my generation, 15%. My parents' generation, 17%. So what we're seeing is that as time is going on, we're not doing a very good job at continually communicating the basic precepts of a biblical worldview to our children. And that's really where a person's worldview is formed. Uh, I've been studying worldview stuff for 20-some years. And one of the things that I've learned over the course of our research over the years is that a person's worldview essentially starts developing at about the age of 18 months. And it's pretty much fully formed by the time they reach the age of 13. So it's really when a person is a child that their worldview, Mm -hmm. that they're going to carry with them and that's going to determine their life for the rest of their years. Mm -hmm. It's during those early developmental years that this is created. And so that's why it's so important that as parents, as pastors, as leaders, as teachers, we recognize that children are where this Mm -hmm. is won or lost, if you will. If you don't help them develop a biblical worldview by the time they're 13, the Holy Spirit can always intervene and and radically transform a person's life. But just looking at the percentages, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a social scientist, so (laughs) looking at the averages, the chances of that happening are not very good. You've got to do it while children are young. Yes, and it needs to be with intention. You can't just say... Well, you're going to get it at church or you're going to get it at school. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I've never yet met a person whose worldview developed unintentionally. You know, it was Mm -hmm. an accident. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know I had that. You know, it just happened. You know, no, 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 no. There were a series of relationships and experiences and teachings that lead every person to the ultimate worldview that they embrace. It is a very intentional process. It it just actually make takes my breath away when I think of how it's declining that that is really do you see it as a an issue where churches and families have just kind of taken a step back and said oh well the world's coming to an end and you know say la vie well in some cases it's that in other cases we've been so sensitive to the culture around us 
which says you're intolerant if that's mm. what you believe or you're being judgmental if if you say I have to believe that mm-hmm. those kinds of things have really taken a toll on the mind and the heart of millions and millions of Americans and so they're kind of scared yes. of wading into this and saying yes I'm going to take a stand this is what I believe and because I believe this this is how I'm going to behave yes. and you can't stop me you know the world wants us to be in its mold and Christ is saying but I'd like you to be in my mold yes. so we have a choice to make we have to take a break right now I'm talking with George Barna and he is releasing today his findings on a recent study on worldview. I'll be right back. Harvey, when are we gonna get through this jungle? Ah, don't. No. Harvey, what was that? I don't know, but I will check through the binoculars. Oh, my joy, it is a hippopotamus. The strap is around my neck. Herbie the Hippo, and I can read animal story. Go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Rose Gamblin, and I come to you each week through the programs of Education Currents and Homeschool Companion. And I'm so blessed to be part of MRG Media Radio Ministry. And I'm giving you the opportunity to be part of it, too. We can't stay on the air without your financial support. So take a moment right now during our fundraiser to call you with a gift of any size. As a token of my appreciation for your gift, I have a gift for you. So be sure you call. And my gifts consist of books from different guests that I've had on the show and different topics that I've done. I also have some books that I've written that I've autographed for you. So be sure and call us 301-824-3162. That's 301-824-3162. Or write to MRG Media at P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. That's P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. Welcome back. I, the show's going so by so fast, and I have so many questions because the more you talk, the more questions I have. We're talking with George Barna, and he is known as a researcher. Yeah, be careful now. <laughs> <laughs> as a researcher, I, I know that I quoted statistics from your research in my dissertation. I know many others have as well. And we were just talking about your recent study on worldview on a biblical worldview specifically, uh, what are, are there other names? Like, is it called a faith-based worldview or a Christian worldview? Yeah, there are some people, you know, for instance, Chuck Colson has written about the importance of worldview, and he refers to it as a Christian worldview. So there, there are various names, but we all agree that the basis of it is you've got to go back to the Bible, figure out what are God's key principles and try to integrate those into your life. So what made you go this direction in, uh, for this specific research? Why, why did you do this? Yeah, you know, years and years ago, I, I did a study where I tried to figure out what makes people do what they do and think what they think. <laughs> because as a social scientist, that, that, that's the ground zero. That's where you're starting. And 
I've, in the course of doing that research, one of the things that became clear was that everybody has had to try to make sense of the world somehow. And in order to make sense of the world, they had to embrace a number of different ideas about what's good, what's right, what's bad, what's evil, uh, what's meaningful, what's invaluable, what's meaningless, all of these kinds of things. And then going deeper, trying to figure out, well, that's great. Where do they come up with these ideas? You know, I realized, okay, there's a group that's turning to the Bible for that. There's a group that's turning to the culture for Mm -hmm. that. There's a group that's turning to the world at large because they want to be global Mm -hmm. in their perspective and fit in with this one world philosophy. You know, there are all these different philosophies. There are some Eastern philosophies, Western philosophy. I mean, there's so many different options Mm -hmm. that are out there. But what then intrigued me was when I started correlating all these different ideas, these perspectives, these worldviews that people had, I saw that they have dramatic implications for how you live your life. If, if you're beholden to the culture, and so you've got a hedonistic worldview, you've got a secular humanist worldview, you've got a narcissistic worldview, you've got an existentialist worldview, all of these things that basically come from the culture what happens is you're only focused on yourself. You're so worried about, do I feel good? Do I feel happy? Do Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting my fair share? It's me, 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 me. And then when I studied the people who had a biblical worldview, what I found is they were focusing on others. How can I serve them? How can I love them? How can I lead them to a better place for their life? How can I benefit them in some way? And then in trying to figure out, why would you do that? Because these other people are focusing on themselves. You're focusing on others, not on yourself. Why? Then it it took a step back. And it was because that's what God calls me to do. That's how I serve him is by loving other people. I love him by loving people. So it was an interesting kind of way of tying up the circle and seeing, okay, now I get it. It's not just that we want to study the Bible just to have more knowledge, just so that maybe we have different facts than other people have. No, it's because we're supposed to take those and translate them into being Christ-like, if you will, in the world so that we're making the world a better place. We're helping people to live more meaningful, better lives. And we're doing, and when we do that, it's to our benefit as well because we're pleasing and and we're honoring God through that. And we know that, you know, he loves us. I mean, what what more can you do, you know, for a God who just gave everything for us? It's like, really, that's all you want me to do is go out and love people? Sold. Yeah, well, when you think of your whole mind and being connected to that God of the universe, it it really does change your whole paradigm of living. It's mind-boggling. It's like, really? I get get this privilege? Yeah. And that's the thing that kills me is most people don't think of that as a privilege. It's almost like a chore. It's like, ah, gee, I got to do what God wants. It's like, no, you get to do what God wants because he told you. What not only what he wants, but what he wants is what's best for you. Yes. What's best for yes. me? It's like really, thank you, and, and of course I'll do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. and everybody wins. It's a win-win yeah. situation. Okay, so recap now. You're releasing the your findings. Recap your findings one more time for our listeners. Okay, so what we did was we we did three nationwide surveys simultaneously, three different populations: the general public, theologically conservative Protestant pastors 
and a group we call SAGECONS, the Spiritually Active Governance Engaged Conservative Christians. And with all three groups, we put them through a series of questions about their beliefs and their behavior, because your worldview emanates from those two things working together. You know, we I, I've often said and, and written, we do what we believe. Mm-hmm. So you have to know what you believe. Mm-hmm. But then I've realized also, but you've got to study the behavior also. Because if your behavior doesn't uh, demonstrate what you believe, you don't really yes. believe it. Yes. Yes. So you've got to have both. And that's a unique thing about this particular study. As far as I know, there have been very few worldview studies that have been done. Even the ones I've done in the past have only looked at at belief, Mm -hmm. not much at behavior. So this time we wanted to have both. And people who who got to the top of the scale, we called integrated disciples. These are people as disciples, what are they trying to do? They're trying to follow Jesus. They Mm -hmm. want to be like Christ. What does the integrated mean? They've integrated their beliefs into their behavior so that the way that they carry out their life reflects the way that Jesus might have done it if he were in those same situations. So we took those 40 different belief and behavior questions, had people answer what they believed and how they behave, and then we looked for people to get 80% or higher of the, the biblical beliefs and biblical behavior correct. Now, again, past biblical worldview studies have looked for people to have a perfect score. And it finally occurred to me, you know what, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so we're probably not going to be perfect. If we expect perfection, maybe we're expecting more than God does. And that's probably not fair. So what we said was, look, if you can get 80% of these beliefs and 80% of these behaviors in place so that it's consistent Mm -hmm. with the scriptures, you probably have a biblical worldview. You know, and there's some room for growth. We've all got to grow. That's not the issue. So that's what we were looking for. But we found that only 10% of the general public has a biblical worldview. The younger a person is, the lower that number is. With the youngest generation, with millennials, it's only 4%, which does not bode well for the future. (laughs) But we did find, thankfully, that among the pastors, uh, theologically conservative pastors of Protestant churches, 88% have a biblical worldview. And among the sage cons, those spiritually active governance engaged conservatives, they uh, had a worldview 90% of the time. So that, the the encouraging news about that is it tells us, you know what, there are people who get it and they can share it. They can, they can expose us to that kind of thinking and that kind of behavior. They're modeling it for us. They're talking about it. So there is hope that it can be done. Was there anything that was a surprise to you? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that shocked me was when I looked at the beliefs of theologically conservative pastors and, and said, well, which one are they weakest on? Most consistently, people don't really get this. It had to do with the idea that we have a responsibility to share our faith in Christ with the world. That was lowest on all 20 of the uh, behavioral questions wow. and, and lowest on the 20 <laughs> theological questions, uh, uh, which in a way helps explain why church attendance is going down, <laughs> why we have fewer people accepting Christ as their Savior. Yes. If, if the people who are supposed to be teaching us biblical principles don't even think that's a biblical principle, that's an issue. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that, that was surprising to me. Uh, another thing that was surprising, looking at the general public, 
of the 20 belief statements that we gave them, there was only one of those 20 belief statements that a majority of Americans answered in a biblical way. And that was simply that they thought it was very important to continually be trying to have a deeper relationship with God. Only 55% of Americans believe that. And yet that was the highest of all 20 of the belief statements across the country. So that gives you a sense of how far we have to go. Yes, yes. Well, we've come to our end end of this show. Believe it or not, it's gone by so fast. Um, If you get a chance to come back again, I would love to have you back on the show and just see how... You know, how this information is being taken and used and really to the glory of God, right? Absolutely. So I have one last thing to say, and that is keep learning. You have been listening to Education Current, a production of MRG Media Ministries. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com. Dot com.